Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. Verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. I'm going to take my thought this morning from verse 38 where Jesus said, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Today for just a little bit I want to come to you on this thought, desolate houses. Desolate houses. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. Thank you for what you've already done in this place. God, I humble myself before you now. I ask you to take me as a vessel in your hand. Flow through me, speak through me, touch through me today. Let revelation come, Lord, even now. Lord, that it changes forever. I pray, God, for the unction of the Holy Ghost to show up in this moment. We'll be careful to praise you for it and give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Desolate houses. This passage of Scripture in the book of Matthew, Jesus is actually dealing with a religious state of the church. He was here actually expressing his heart in lamentation over Jerusalem. And he cries unto them and says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He expresses unto them how they had rejected the prophets. He expresses unto them how they had refused the call. He expresses unto them how even they had turned away his mercy when he said, I would have gathered you as children together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, but you would not. And he said, as a result of this rejection, as a result of this refusal, you will receive judgment. And he said there, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. But he left a way out, for there he said, I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. He was basically saying, Until you declare a moment of surrender unto me, you're not going to see me. How many of you understand today that we're living in a dark hour? We're living in perilous times. Brother Jared, as the Apostle Paul called it, we're living in a dangerous moment for the church even. And the reality is this. There is an enemy of our souls that is doing all he can to bring your life to a place of desolation. Spiritual houses that have been attacked and destroyed by the enemy, left broken and empty, left desolate. That word desolate in Matthew means this. It means lonesome. It means wasted. It means solitary, empty. It means desert. 
and wilderness. See, that's the desire of the enemy to bring you personally and individually to a place of emptiness, Brother Steve, a place of a desert and a wilderness in your walk with God and ultimately bring your own home, your family, to this same place of desolation. Far too many find themselves void of the presence of God and they're living in a lonely, dry, and dark place. First of all, I want you to understand that they're desolate because they've rejected the call of repentance. Jesus said in that verse in Matthew 23 and 37 that you would not. How many of you are thankful that the Holy Ghost is still calling people to repentance. If you're thankful for that, shout a great big amen. Come on. Anybody glad he's still calling us to him? But there are those that have allowed their hardness of heart to cause them to reject a love divine. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 51, we find that the words of the Lord was, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. I thought that to be very interesting, but this is a reality today. And the, and the question is, could it be that there are many folks that even sit on church pews and chairs on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights, that yet even though they're, they're present in their spirits, they're rejecting the call for repentance. Hear me today and understand that coming to church does not make you saved. Can I get an amen? Shaking the preacher's hand does not make you saved. Can I get an amen? Joining the church does not make you saved. Can I get an amen? But turning unto the Lord with all your heart and receiving Him as Lord and Savior, confessing Him with your mouth and believing in your heart, turning from sin by repentance causes you to not only receive His salvation, but to make Him the Lord of your life. Desolation comes when you reject the call of repentance. It's not just about salvation. It's also about that thing in your life that the Holy Ghost has been dealing with and telling you to get out and get it under the blood and get deliverance of. Friend, if you don't surrender fully, completely, and wholly unto God, that thing the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you over may very well be the thing that brings you to a place of desolation. Not only desolate because of rejection, but also because of the refusal of the mercy of God. Hear me now. In Psalms 30 and 10, the psalmist said, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, O Lord, upon me, O Lord. Be thou my helper. How many of you would say today that you can't make it without the help of the Lord? Well, come on, anybody agree with that statement? I can't make it without my Jesus. Would you just turn and take a moment and testify to somebody? I can't make it without my Jesus. I need his help. But how many come even into services like this and they know they need the help of God and his hands are extended in mercy, but yet they'll get up and they'll walk out just like they walked in bound and shackled by the enemy. Desolation comes because of refusal. And because there's desolation, they will receive judgment. I want you to look with me quickly to the book of Galatians, chapter number 6. We're going somewhere, but we got to deal with this first. In Galatians 6 and verse 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Hear me today and understand this is the reality of all of it. Don't think for a second that you can waltz up into church on a Sunday morning and everything be hunky-dory in your spirit when you have lived like the devil all week long. I know nobody wants to amen there, but I'm going to say it again. You need to understand today that the Lord is saying, be not deceived, God is not mocked. You sow to the flesh, you're of the flesh going to reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, of the spirit you're going to reap life. Life everlasting. It's no wonder today, Brother Marshall, there are those that can't get victory in their lives whenever they're listening to Hank and the boys. I know it's not Hank and the boys anymore. I don't I can't even I probably could stop and think for a second and name who the who it would be today. It's slipping my mind right now. So whoever it is, don't think for a second that you can walk in victory when you're watching things you shouldn't watch, when you're looking at things you shouldn't look at, listening to things you shouldn't listen to. When you haven't opened your Bible all week long, how are you going to walk in victory when you haven't prayed? I know nobody wants to amen that, but it's the truth today. Listen, the Lord is calling for some folks this morning that will become the real deal Lucille. Did you hear me? Some folks that will say, I'm going to be all in for Jesus. I'm going to kick the devil out and be all in for the Lord. He's looking for some folks today that will say, I'm going to get my face in the word and off of Facebook. I'm going to hear a word from God and not be on social media so many times a day. I believe he's calling for some people this morning how to say I'm going to sow in the spirit so I can reap in the spirit. I don't know maybe I was supposed to preach a message on hell this morning because it sure is hot up in here and maybe somebody may need to see if the air conditioners still work back there. But can I tell you today, man I feel a stirring in my soul that God's wanting to stir some people up and they'll get on fire for God again and they'll get on fire of the Holy Ghost again and they'll let the anointing work in their hearts again. Listen, you keep playing around with sin, you're going to find yourself backslidden. I know we're living in a day and an age that preachers don't want to preach anymore on backsliding because it's not a popular message. But I want you to know today, you can't go out there and flirt with the devil and think you're going to come up in the house and be able to worship in spirit and in truth. God's sick and tired today of those that think they can live like the world and still be in right relationship with God. Brother Marty Mears put it this way, there's a plumb line in God. You're either plumb in or you plumb out. What I have found in my life, if it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, guess what? It is a duck. And if you look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, and live like the world, quit calling yourself a Christian because you're giving us all a bad name. But if your mind is made up, I'm going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Are you hearing me today? 
I don't know why I'm in the mess I'm in because you've been sowing in the wrong things. I don't know why I'm struggling like I am. You've been sowing in the wrong ways. Now, I like what Jesus said there in that verse. He talked about what your fathers did. There's some of you in here, that, and, and Hosea said, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Friend, if you've not dug into your history and your past and your life, and, you, and you've not looked and seen what did daddy do, what did granddaddy do, what did great-granddaddy do, you may not have been able to put your finger on the root of the problem in your life because there is a generational thing that a pass from person to person to person and you got to come to a place that you say no more. I know that daddy may be a, been a drunk. He may have been an alcoholic and a drug addict but in the name of Jesus it stops right there. It's not going to go forward in my life. I, oh, you got to amen me. It's okay. I know that mama may have slept around with anything that Help me, Holy Ghost. But I'm the, that stops right there because in my life, I'm going to live holy before a holy God. We don't know why we got desolation in our lives. Why is there emptiness and barrenness? And why am I in a desert? Why am I in a wilderness? Look at what you're sowing in. I didn't have none of that in my notes. I feel the Holy Ghost, though. You see, the psalmist said in chapter 51 in verse 6, Behold, thou desirest in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. See, what we need is some folks to stop and be honest with themselves. Some people want to blame it on, well, I got to work today, on why they're not faithful to church, but the truth is if they wasn't working, they probably wouldn't be faithful, because it's not a working problem, it's a spiritual problem. Now, I'm not, I understand that sometimes folks have to work on Sundays. I'm not in any way condemning, I'm not manipulating, trying to make anyone feel guilty. And, and, and the reality is this. I've even had jobs through the years that I, I couldn't control my schedule. I had to work when they said I had to work. And when we first got married, some of that was on Sunday. Never on a Sunday morning, but I had Sunday afternoons that I had to work. But my point is this. We blame a lot of things on other areas in life. We look for scapegoats that we can blame folks. Some of you are even blaming generations before you, but yet you've not stepped into your victory and you've not stepped into a place of overcoming power. How long how long are you going to be unfaithful to God? How long are you going to halt between two opinions? How long are you going to live like the devil and blame it on everybody else? God is calling us today to a place of holiness and a place of revival. Some of you used to be on fire, but now you're dead. It's time we get a revival back in our hearts and in our lives again. If you're dead today, it ain't nobody else's fault but yours. Quit blaming it on the preacher. Quit blaming it on your ex-wife. Get yourself where you need to be in God. Help me, Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? You sow in the flesh, you're going to reap in the flesh. Some of you daddies, 
need to lead them children in God. We, I ain't even got in, in where we're headed yet. But you need to lead them children in godliness and in righteousness. They hear what you're saying at the house. They hear you cussing at the house and then want to come up and worship in the house, in the, in the church. How many of you know they, they're smarter than you think they are? Your hallelujah don't mean a whole lot when you've been cussing them all week long. Are you hearing me? Well, you, you standing at the altar don't mean a whole lot when you've been living a life before them that is a double standard. Are you hearing me? You mamas, listen to me. It's time that you walk in righteousness and in holiness and in godliness. If daddy don't want to lead spiritually, then you be what you need to be. But it's time the homes line up to the word of God. The enemy is doing all he can to bring desolation, but God the Holy Ghost is calling the church to a place of repentance that will turn back unto the Lord. Some of you men need to take the pants back and put them on and be the spiritual leader in your house so you can run the devil off. Are you hearing me today? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I might be running off a bunch of folks this morning. You you blame the Lord for that because I'm going to say something to some wives right now. You need to quit trying to be the head. That's not how this word lined it up. You need to submit yourself unto your husband as he loves you as Christ loved the church. Listen, Solomon talked about it's better to dwell on the top of a rooftop than in the house with a contentious woman. Some of you, if you just quit nagging so much, you might find some things that, oh, help me, Lord, didn't get no amens there. You might find some things that turn around. See, we want to make everything all spiritual till it gets right down to the nitty-gritty of where we live. Oh, it gets right down to the nitty-gritty. Don't tell me you're saved when you're not acting saved at home all by yourself. Don't tell me you're saved when you're not treating that wife as your lover as Christ loved the church. Oh, don't tell me you're saved, wife, if you're living like the devil. I know not everybody can handle this kind to preach them but that's all right because I didn't come up in here to sugarcoat it to water it down if somebody will climb in here with me today we're going to make it to heaven together I said we're going to make it to heaven together you've heard it harder than this ain't you brother Stephen them old timey preachers didn't care God give me that I don't want to wait 20 years before I get to the place I don't really even care what anybody thinks about it, I just speak it. When God gives me, I speak it. Amen. I know some of you are looking at me like you're kind of confused now. What in the world is going on? What, what, what church are we at this morning? I'm going to tell you where you are. You're at Cross Point Church, and we're headed into a new season. We're headed into a new day. God is about to do something in this place and in this body that's going to blow everybody's mind, going to baffle the community. He didn't send us here to be just another place. He sent us here to be a movement. He sent us here to storm the gates of hell and to take back the lost to take back the addicted. Are you hearing me? He's brought us here and it ain't gonna happen by happen chance. It's gonna be when there's some folks that are stirred up that'll say, I want revival. I want a move of God in my life. I'm through allowing the enemy to bring desolation to my soul. See, you might be empty, lonely, Dry, barren, broken, tired, weary, discouraged, depressed, oppressed, desolate. My, my. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him 
and he with me. He's knocking right now. <laughs> See, everything changes when Jesus shows up. Your home is desolate. Guess what you need? You need Jesus to show up. Your life is desolate. Guess what you need? You need Jesus to show up. Are you hearing me? You're dry. You're barren. You're weary. You're tired. You're depressed. You're oppressed. Do you know what you need this morning? You need Jesus to show up. Don't think for a second that you can be courting the devil and Jesus want to have anything to do with you. Are you hearing me? I know that sounds bad. Yes, his mercy endures forever. If you're thankful for that, shout amen. His love and kindness is better than life. If you're thankful for that, shout amen. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said no man can serve two masters for you'll hate the one and you'll cling to the other. The reality is this. They used to call it selling out. They used to say he's sold out for Jesus. See, that reminds me of the story where the disciple came and wanted to go with Jesus, wanted to follow Jesus, and he said, if you do... Go sell all you have and give it to the poor. And the man went out and he was sorrowful because he was a wealthy man. See, the Lord's looking for some folks today that will say, I am sold out for Jesus. You can take this world, just give me Jesus. As long as I got my Jesus, I'm going to make it. As long as I got my Jesus, I know I'm going to be all right. Oh, it doesn't matter what may come in this world. As long as I got my Jesus. Whoa, hallelujah. Is there anybody that feels that way today that you can have this world just give me Jesus you can take this world just give me Jesus all I know is I just need Jesus to show up in my life in my home in my marriage in my family in my living room in my bedroom in my utility room in my bath I need him everywhere in my life I just need my Jesus anybody need Jesus just to show up in your life today huh. you see when Jesus shows up everything changes in the house when Jesus is in the house spiritual sickness has to leave in the book of Matthew chapter 8 verse 14 and 15 says and when Jesus come into Peter's house he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever and it touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. Give me, give, give, me, give me my musicians back up here. Come on back up here with me. She was sick of the fever. I'm sorry, I just need a little help this morning. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. You see, this is basically what happened. Jesus came into the house. Jesus saw her. Jesus touched her hand. The fever left her. She got up and she ministered to them. How many of you understand today that when Jesus comes in the house, something's about to change. Do you want things to turn around in your home? Do you know what you need? You need Jesus to come into the house. Are you hearing me? I said you need Jesus to come into the house. The next thing that happened was that Jesus saw her, Courtney. Jesus saw her laid up in that bed sick with a fever. 
Jesus looked, he saw her, and he had compassion. How many of you are glad today that Jesus sees you right where you are? Jesus sees you in your struggle. He sees you in your battle. He sees you in your hour of difficulty. And we find that what happened was that Jesus reached down and he touched her hand and immediately her fever left her. Anybody here today that will declare in this place that you know that what happened in your life was Jesus touched you? Anybody glad Jesus touched you? Is there anybody that will declare today that his touch still changes people? His touch still changes. Y'all, y'all hang on. I'll, I'll bring you in a minute. See, some need your spiritual fever to leave. That thing that's been battled, that you've been battling on the inside. Nobody else really even knows it's there, but it's a battle that's going on. Maybe it's in your mind, in your heart, but it's there. It's that spiritual fever, that spiritual affliction that's there. What you need is Jesus to come into the house and to touch you. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, If there's anything that Cross Point Church needs, we need to be at the place as a ministry and as a people that we're so full of the Holy Ghost that when somebody walks up in here, uh, I know we got a lot of sightseers. Not everybody that comes through necessarily is coming through because they need a touch. I get that. Even though they do, there's some that are just window shoppers. They, they really didn't come with any intention to buy. You following what I'm saying? But the reality is this. I want us to be so full of the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this place that when somebody busts up in here and there's a fever in their life and we get in here singing, hell lost another one. I am free. And all of a sudden, Jesus reaches down my brother and he touches that person that's lost and undone and away from God he touches their heart and their life and draws them to a place of surrender how many of you believe today that the touch of Jesus is still enough to set the addiction out of to set the addict free the touch of Jesus is still enough to set the alcoholic free the touch of Jesus is still enough to heal a broken in marriage, the touch of Jesus is still enough. When Jesus is in the house, you see, Peter's mother-in-law got up and began to minister. She, she was touched, her fever left, and she began to minister. Mark chapter 2, I want you to fly there with me real quick. Come on, fly there with me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Second book of the New Testament. Come on. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Get there quickly. We find this as well. When Jesus is in the house, what has been paralyzed is fully restored. In Mark chapter 2, it says, and again, he, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together in some 
much that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let the bed down where the sick of palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Thy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within himself, he said unto them, Why reason you these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He says to the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose and took up his bed and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We've never seen it on this fashion. How many of you believe today that when Jesus shows up, when he comes into the house, what has been paralyzed in your life will receive restoration. If you believe it, if you receive it, shout amen. Now, I know I don't have time to preach on all of it. Let me give you the nutshell. There was a man needed to get to Jesus. Jesus was in the house. The crowd in the door was a bunch of religious folks. They couldn't get the man to Jesus. So their faith said, let's go rip the roof off. Let's tear it off and let's lower him down at the feet of Jesus. So they ripped the roof off and lowered that palsied man down. That word palsy literally means paralysis. This man was paralyzed. We don't know to what extent, but we know he was paralyzed. Lowered the man down at the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus looks at him after he saw their faith and told the man, your sins be forgiven you. How many of you understand today that no matter what other miracles take place in your life, the greatest miracle you'll ever experience and the one worth praising God for all eternity is the fact that your sins have been forgiven and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Anybody glad today you're saved? Anybody glad today you're on your way to heaven? Come on, don't get all excited about it. But is there anybody today that'll say, I'm so glad that when the roll is called up yonder, I'm going to be there. Hallelujah. But then, he looked at him and said, take up your bed. He said, arise, take up your bed, and walk. What had been dead, Jackson, was restored. What had been paralyzed was restored. What had been lost was restored. I believe today that the Lord wants somebody to know that all you need is Jesus to show up in your spiritual house today. And what has been paralyzed, He's going to restore. What has been lost, He's going to bring back to life. Are you hearing me today? Maybe today you lost your joy. He's going to bring it back. Maybe you've lost your peace. He's going to bring it back. Are you hearing me? Maybe it's something more tangible, like your marriage is paralyzed. 
Christ. He's going to bring restoration. Maybe it's a call on your life to do things for the Lord, but you've been paralyzed. I believe today what you need is the Lord to just show up in your spiritual house and He is going to bring restoration. He's a God of restoration. I said He's a God of restoration. The devil thought He was going to take you. The devil thought He was going to destroy you. The devil said it is over. You'll never be back where you used to be. You'll never walk on your own. You'll never run on your own. But I've come to tell you the devil is a liar and the father of it. All you need all you need is Jesus to show up in your house today. He is going to restore. Somebody shout do it Jesus. Shout do it Jesus. Do it Jesus. Yes. Say, do it, Jesus. Listen. The book of Matthew chapter 9. We find a place that Jesus was being followed by two blind men. These two blind men called out unto him, Jesus, our son of David, have mercy. They followed him into the house. And when they got into the house, Jesus asked them, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. The Bible says right then and there, he touched them, and they received their sight. See, the enemy wants you to be a house of desolation, but the Lord wants to turn your house back into a house of revelation. Ooh, somebody needs to grab a hold of that. A house of vision again. What are you saying? This is what I want you to get. When Jesus is in the house, blindness has to go. See, the enemy wants you spiritually blind, living in darkness, always just wandering through life, trying to find your way. But the Lord wants to bring a vision back to your soul again. He wants you to have a revelation of who Jesus is. See, the first thing they saw, it wasn't the doctor, it wasn't the counselor, it wasn't even the banker. Do you know who the first one they saw was? It was Jesus. I said it was Jesus. They looked at the face of the Son of the living God. All of a sudden, when vision was restored, they had a revelation of who Jesus is. Help me, Holy Ghost. What we need today is not a revelation of a denomination. It's not a revelation of politics. It's not a revelation of economical advancement. But what we need today is a revelation of who Jesus is. You want to overthrow the devil in your life you get a revelation of Jesus he told Peter flesh and blood hasn't revealed it to you but my father which is in heaven and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail I'm going to preach to you guys the gates of hell shall not prevail against it do you believe that this morning if Jesus shows up in the house the devil may have thought he's got you whooped but when 
when Jesus shows up, no weapon formed against you will prosper. The devil may have thought he was going to flood your life with battles and struggles and you be destroyed in it. But when Jesus shows up, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against the flood of the enemy. When Jesus shows up, there's revelation of who he is. I just want to see Jesus. I just want to see Jesus. Oh, I just want to see Jesus. Everything changes when Jesus shows up. I just want to see Jesus. Listen to me now. When Jesus is in the house, eyes are open. Another story about a dad by the name of Jairus. Jairus had a 12-year-old daughter. She was at the point of death. Jairus went and hunted Jesus down and said, I need you to come to my house. How many of you know that's what we need? More daddies and mamas that seek the Lord to come to their house. Daddies and mamas that us seek the Lord to come to their house. I believe today wholeheartedly, every ounce of my being, that if we had some folks that would say, you know what, he's not going to be my last resort, he's going to be my first resort. Oh, the answer isn't in the world. The answer is in the kingdom of God. Ah, we find that what happened was Jesus turned and was on his way to go to heal Jairus' daughter. But along the way, a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, she stopped that parade of power real quick like with her touch of faith. And Jesus stopped and took a little pit stop by the road to Jairus' house. How many of you know that, that sometimes when things are delayed, the enemy tries to tear us down and to discourage us? But the saying has been for years and still remains true today that delay is not denial. I don't know what you've been praying for, but even though it may not have come to pass, don't you throw in the towel. Delay doesn't mean denial. God has opportunity in your life. Don't you give up. And right there on that roadside, that little woman received her miracle. But all of a sudden, Jairus gets a, a message from somebody else and says, don't trouble the master. Your daughter is dead. See, sometimes there are folks that are speaking to your life that you don't need to listen to. Sometimes there's people that are speaking to your ear that aren't speaking what God wants you to hear. Are you hearing me? You gotta know. You gotta to discern that things that, pe that people speak to you whether it is of God or not of God Jairus had rammed Jesus down Jairus was standing there with the resurrection and the life and here come this messenger saying quit troubling him your daughter's dead but Jesus looked and said fear not for she's not dead but she sleeps can I say this to you that no matter how far gone it may look no matter how far gone the devil may have told 
you that it is that even on the roadside when the enemy wants to bring discouragement and depression into your life rebuke the devil rebuke that spirit of fear and say I may not feel it in my body but my spirit is going to trust in the Lord I'm going to speak it in faith I'm going to praise him in faith I'm going to trust that he is going to work it out for my good they walked all the way to Jairus' house they go they get there and everybody's wailing and moaning outside and Jesus actually tells them then that she's not dead but she sleeps and they begin to laugh. They begin to the Bible uses the word put him to scorn. They begin to mock him because of what he was saying because these people have been in there and seen her her, take her last breath. They knew her heart wasn't beaten but when Jesus looked down he said nope she's not dead. She's just resting for a moment. The next time you lay eyes on her she's not going to be laying there is a, as what you see is a, well, signs of death but get ready one thing that the Lord did is very interesting here because he went up in the house and he only allowed the mom and the dad and Peter and I believe James and John he ran everybody else out of the house because he didn't need any doubters in the house he didn't need any scorners in the house sometimes you gotta run some people out of your life that have been speaking doubt and discouragement and lies into your spirit. Not everybody that's in your life God has sent. There are those the devil has brought along your way to tear you down and to discourage you. And sometimes for you to step to your place of miracle, for you to step out of desolation into your place of miracle, you might have to run some people off that Jesus himself will step up in the middle of it. And we know that what happens is that Jesus called unto that girl, took her by the hand, and raised her from the dead. When Jesus shows up, death has to flee, and life invades. Wish I had the strength to preach that. Jesus is in the house. Death is defeated. Is it all right if I preach just a second longer on that? Look, I hadn't, I preached a little bit Wednesday night, a little bit, I don't know, about 50 minutes worth. I got a lot more in me today. I don't get you back tonight. This is the only shot I got. I'm going to tell you, if some of you would be honest with yourself, you'd say, you know what, I think I'm spiritually dead. Oh, I haven't completely backslidden, but I'm just, I'm not alive in God like I once was. I don't have a desire to worship like I did. I don't have a desire for His Word anymore. I don't have a desire to pray anymore. Oh, I I love the Lord. I, I believe in Him, but that relationship is quickly dwindling to nothing. 
Word came to Jesus. His friend Lazarus was sick. Everybody would have thought, man, Jesus would have dropped what he was doing. Headed right over to heal his friend, but he didn't. He tarried. There's a delay again. He gets there. He was told, Lord, if you'd have been here, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Shortest verse of your Bible is right there. Jesus wept. Show me where you laid him. I stepped into that graveyard. Cries out and says, remove the stone. But wait, Lord. Wait, 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 wait. Because by now, he's been dead four days. By now, he stinks. Didn't I tell you, if you would believe, I believe he said, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. He had already said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, what? Yet shall he live. So now, I know it's not technically a house, okay? But Jesus showed up. And what seemed to everybody else was too far gone. What seemed to everybody else was over. What seemed to everybody else was finality. Jesus stepped on the scene and called him by name, Lazarus, come forth. In that very moment, death had no choice but let go of Lazarus. Death was defeated. Why? Because Jesus showed up. And in your life today, no matter what it could be, somewhere in your heart, in your life, in your soul, maybe it feels like death is invaded. Maybe it feels like darkness has taken over. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe it's just in your mind. Maybe it's in, in uh, regret. Maybe it's in f- past failures. Maybe it's things you're having to deal with from years gone by. Maybe it's the effects of abuse. Maybe it's grief in losing a loved one. It can be so many different things, but death is wanting to invade inside of your life. I just want you to know today that there is a God that loves you so much and there is a Savior by the name of Jesus and He just wants to show up in your life and cause death to have to flee. If the grave couldn't hold Him and death couldn't keep Him, He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's given unto us the keys of the kingdom. Can I declare to you today that when Jesus shows up, when Jesus is in the house death is defeated would you stand with me you see looked at some of you worshiping this morning some of you in the altars already this morning praying some of you have communicated your hunger to me 
how desperate you are for the Lord in 2023, how much you need a move of God in your life, in your home, in your family. Second Chronicles gives us a picture into what happens. For in verse 13 it says that it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever, that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord. So that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. You see, when Jesus is in the house, Chad, Pastor Chad, the glory shows up. When Jesus is in the house, whew, See, I refuse to be a desolate house. I refuse to be barren and empty and dry in a desert place. I refuse to be a wilderness. Please don't leave me now. Please. Because there's some here today that if you'd just be truthful with yourself, you'd say, you know what? Man, I am dry. You know what? I... I am feeling barren. I want to speak to some young folks that remind you of youth camp. Man, you were on fire for God. What's happened? Some men and women in this place, there was once a time and you were on fire for the Lord. What's happened? There was once a time you couldn't wait to get to church, but now it's like, You used to love to break open the Word, spend time in prayer, to worship, share your faith with others. What's happened? See, today, I want the glory of God to show up in this spiritual house of Cross Point Church. When God's glory shows up, oh, you talk about lives changed. But ultimately, for this to happen collectively, it's got to happen individually. We find that those musicians and singers were in one accord. They begin to praise. They begin to thank the Lord. They begin to sing unto God. And as they did, the glory fell, Hannah, and filled the house. And the preachers couldn't even stand up and minister because the cloud was so thick, Riley. See, how many of you have ever been so hungry that if somebody even talks about food, your stomach goes to growling? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Somehow or another, our bodies know. If somebody starts talking about a ribeye steak and baked potato, some Texas toast. Come on. You feeling it yet? <laughs> and some beautifully raised 
yeast rolls. Oh, come on. I got you right there, some of you. For others, maybe fried chicken. <laughs> oh, but man, we start talking about food. What did you just realize, Brother Steve? What did you realize? It's time to eat. What did you realize, Shelby? You're hungry. Because somebody's talking about that fried quail. I'm hungry. Somebody's talking about that back strap wrapped in bacon, grilled to perfection. Did you feel it, Brother Greg? You felt it? See, today, I, I want something to stir in you that says, I want to see His glory. I want Jesus to show up in my life like I've never known in 2023. I want this to be my year of breakthrough. I want this to be my year to see God do the miraculous in my life. I don't want to finish this year out without getting closer to God, uh, having more of the Lord. I want His glory to show up. I need Jesus in my house like never before. Hallelujah. Tomorrow we start a fast. I pray that you're planning to be a part of this time of fasting and prayer. Listen to me. The only way for us to move forward as a church is through prayer. Seasons like this of fasting and prayer. I know we've set the prayer times for early, 5.30 to 6.30. That's really because I know we're in, still in school. Not everybody can be here at 5.30, but there are those that can. Not everybody be able to be here for, for a whole hour. Some may show up and only have 15 minutes to, to spend in prayer before that time's over. We're not going to shut the gym down and close, turn the lights off until you got to leave. If you show up five minutes before it's over with, we want you to have your time in prayer. But listen to me, church. We will not see what God wants to do in this ministry, in this movement, if we don't give ourselves to prayer. I just feel, I feel like God wants to do so much. I just wonder who today is hungry for it. Maybe you're at that place that you're desolate, you're dry, you're barren, you're weary, you're tired, you're empty, you're discouraged, you're depressed, you're old, whatever it may be, there's desolation. But today you know that Jesus wants to step into your house and to turn it all around. When you're hungry enough, Zach, to come to church on a Wednesday night when you lost your grandpa, that's hunger. Who's hungry today? Are there any young people hungry for God? Are there any teenagers hungry for the Lord today? Are there any that say, I'm just going to ask the Lord just to pour His Spirit out in my life. I'm just going to ask Him to come and move in me. Are there any adults that, that would say today, I, I need Jesus to show up in my life this morning. Is there anybody that would say we need Him today? 
Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? If there's somebody here this morning, you're lost and undone. If you were to die right now, you know you're not ready to go. If you was to die right now, you know that you're not ready. You wouldn't go to heaven. You don't have that peace, that sweet assurance. You're not in right relationship with the Lord. But this morning, something's stirring in your heart. Maybe you were once in right relationship. Maybe you're backslidden and away from God. But today, you want to make things right with the Lord. If that's you today, I know I could make it easy on you. Just let you raise your hand, and that kind of thing. But I believe that if you're willing to make a bold statement today, I believe God's going to bless you for it. You say this morning, I want to get things right with the Lord. I, I want to be in right relationship with Him. I want you to step out from where you are right now and begin to make your way down to this altar. Maybe you don't want to come by yourself. Then grab somebody's hand and say, will you go with me? But we're going to tarry just a moment. They're preparing to minister in song. Is there one that will come? And say, I want to make things right with the Lord. Is there one? Hallelujah. Saints of God praying today. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I want to make things right with the Lord. I want to make things right with the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to make things right with the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is there another? Is there another that will come? Oh, that'll make your way down here. Now's the time. Maybe there's a teenage young lady. You feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your soul. Quit worrying about what others are thinking. Just step out now. Step out now and walk to that altar. Come on. Maybe there's a young man feeling the Lord deal with you. Get out now and walk to the altar. It's time. Now's the time. Saints of God still praying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor, I'm afraid I can't do it. Listen, none of us can do it in and of ourselves, but the Lord will be your help today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. I need some ministers that will pray with these in the altars on this side. I feel the Lord is still dealing with some young people. He's dealing with some young folks today. All across this room this morning, I want to ask you, if you're hungry for the Lord, if you're desperate for Him to show up in your life, would you step out from where you are right now? Can we spend a season of prayer through these altars today? From side to side, husbands and wives, would you come together? Parents, bring those children with you. Let's step out right now and let's fill these altars up and let's cry out unto the Lord this morning that He will come and move. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.